20s. You're local. You're local. Feeling local. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Hashtag 59 podcast. 20s you might not recognize unless you are Costa Rican, but Pura Vida would definitely be one you recognize. 20s, though, is what our friends who are local have kind of taught us is the localized version of Pura Vida, which means all good, good. chilling. Yeah. So Mike uses it all the time now. And basically, yeah. Yeah. I'm working on my Costa Rican citizenship. I'm not sure if you're saying it exactly right because everyone chuckles when you say it to them. Pretty sure I'm saying it wrong. (laughs) But that's okay. Everybody here is so lovely and kind. We are live from Costa Rica. And this is part two of our Costa Rica hiking podcast. Mm-hmm. Mike R. here. Jill G. Switchbacks and Sandwiches, season four, the Hashtag 59 podcast. Places that we are living, we talk about the hikes we go on. And it's kind of, Sandwiches has evolved into the cuisine, Food. Yeah. yes, the cuisine we eat along the way, but we do our best to incorporate sandwiches. Yeah, well, I don't know if we do our best, but we eat a lot of good food. Yes. It's just not always in sandwich form. Yes. So uh, let's talk about uh, today's hiking. We went to some another new national park mm-hmm. in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. We went with our buddy... Diego from Cebu Tours. Diego is the best. I wrote the best. He's become a friend of ours. I wrote a review uh, for him, though, on TripAdvisor, and I said, going on a hike with him in one of Costa Rica's national parks, I wrote, is what I would is what I would imagine going to Yosemite National Park with the National Park Ranger Shelton Johnson, who became very famous from well, I mean According probably if you knew the National Park Ranger scene, he's famous because he's worked tirelessly in service yeah. to the parks and America's wilderness for 40 years. But he became very famous in Ken Burns's to us during do- that yeah documentary. documentary. And he's been a park ranger in Yosemite. Diego just he's just really incredibly knowledgeable. I mean, incredibly knowledgeable about not only the trails but of course all of the different trees and species and I mean so much and he's incredibly entertaining too I mean he's just he's like a born storyteller so it's just it's cool yeah we learn about botany we learn about flowers we learn about the history of the area he really can answer any question too not that we have a ton but I mean yeah yeah. It's fabulous hiking. Anyway, uh, so we went on. Yeah. So where did we go? Well, let, let's we start go? with what we were, what, oh, with what was presented to us a couple weeks ago on what, on a WhatsApp message from Diego. Not sure. He was hoping we were going to Rincon de Viaja Volcano National Park, which right. is on the, in the Guanacaste province in Costa Rica, Costa Rica's most active volcano. Mm-hmm. They have some trails there that have been closed since 2015. Yeah. And he messaged us and said, okay, guys, what do you think about... He thought one had been had opened yes. recently. 
And one of the really challenging ones, like that was, you know, hours in direct sunlight. Like so he was, he was uh, presenting us with the option of, what do you think about doing this if I can pull this off? And long story short, he talked to somebody who works at the National Park and they said, Definitely, no, definitely not. Definitely not reopened yet. No. The idea was that these this trail was going to reopen this year, but they said due to still just uncertain volcanic activity, they cool. didn't want to reopen it. Plus yet. the overgrowth of the trail and since that, it's been closed for so long. And yes, to your point, six years of overgrowth. But what I thought was funny was when the park ranger told him this, he said that he said to him just... You know, like, what would happen if, you know, we found ourselves on this trail? (laughs) And the park ranger said, don't go on the trail. So, anyways. It was fun to talk about and think about for the experience. But there we were, Rincon. And what did you think about that hike? That was really nice. It's a really well-preserved trail. I think they do a really wonderful job of it. I'm pretty sure... I guess you don't have to have a guide, but I think they highly suggest you have a guide when you get there too. Because even though we were with Diego, um, other people showed up and they asked them if they wanted a guide for information. But you, it's you said four miles. I, yeah. It didn't feel that long at all, probably because of all of the information and storytelling. Uh, but you go past a lot of, I guess, little, I don't know what you call them, offshoots. Uh, that have, what are those called when uh, lava has come out of a, oh boy. Volcanic fissures or. A fissure, I think. Yep, is what I was a volcanic fissure. Uh, there's a number of those. I'm not doing this story very well. There's a number of those along the way that either have. Volcanic humidors. Yes. Why don't you take over here? If you seem to know you must have Googled all of the volcano. It's a it's a beautifully four mile. And on to the sandwiches. Yes, no. Uh, four mile loop hike filled with boiling mud, mud pots like think of Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming. Think of Lassen Volcanic National Park in California or Iceland. It has boiling mud pots, uh, hot spring boiling water. We went by like that boiling water, like boiling. I think he said it reaches up to 238 degrees Celsius on it, which is super hot. I don't think that's what he said. I thought he said, did he? Oh, Fahrenheit? I thought he said Fahrenheit. 238 degrees I thought he said 278. It doesn't matter. Too hot to get in. Too hot. Don't do it. Don't get in. But yeah, there was a lot of those little things to see along the trail, so it was really interesting. Then we saw white-faced monkeys, Uh which were... They were on the move. We didn't even. We weren't mm-hmm. even able to get a photo. But we, where we're living right now in Costa Rica, uh, we see howler monkeys or hear them pretty really every day, all day, every day. But uh, we had not seen the white-faced monkeys. We're very rare to see them. So. That area, yeah. So those are great. These bright blue butterflies, and I guess against kind of the um, more brownish tree area, they just really popped out, and they were kind of all over the. They were unbelievably beautiful. It was great. He showed us all sorts of wild trees, like some that had thorns with these small holes in them that were for ants, like really wicked ants that like he tapped the tree and these ants came flying out 
to kind of protect, I guess, the tree itself. And that's whatever this type of tree was. Sorry, guys, I don't know what it was called. But just, I'd never seen anything like it. We could not spot, but we heard toucans singing to us. Mm -hmm. Toucans go inside the tree often, but when they are singing and making this no the singing noise, they're hanging out on the edge of the branches, but uh, couldn't, couldn't locate them. There's this huge tree that had like these old kind of slashes all along that I noticed and asked him about, and he said the sap in that tree was so kind of thick and hard that a long time ago before this was a protected area, people would slit that tree and they would put the sap on long sleeve shirts and that long sleeve shirt would become hard and would become a raincoat. Uh, and you could see then that he, the slits were really high up and he said, obviously that tree had been small when they did that and continued to grow despite those pieces before it was protected. So just so much Got magnificent. Cool it's the Rincon is a rainforest that runs into a jungle that runs into like the hot volcano climate that we were hiking in Ecuador uh, before this. All, all, it's like they go. It's like one after the other after the other. Then right into uh, old farmland where yeah. the cattle graze. It's it's really. There's a lot of transitional areas that he pointed out, and you could very easily kind of see and feel the temperature difference, kind of how it all comes together. Yeah, really, really neat national park to get a, a glimpse of. And then uh, also on this loop trail hike, got a really nice waterfall. I think we're here right on the edge of the transition of dry season to rainy, or rainy season to dry season. And this waterfall we went to, this is late November as of recording, sounds like in another two or three weeks it'll be completely dried out. But uh, for us, that had a little Pacific Northwest vibe to it, I thought. Yeah, it was real neat. On the trail. It was really flowing, too. And then another, uh, we did not get to see it, but we all, but on the trail, a couple other people told us that uh, they had seen a tapir. Tapir. Yeah. Which is They'd seen it earlier in the morning, but no, we were in the afternoon, and no hikes in the afternoon had seen it. Though. Yeah, which is a very rare animal sighting here in Costa Rica. Yeah, in fact, Diego had said he had never seen one in person, and I mean, he was very he was looking for it. He was very excited about oh, the see it. about yeah. the chance to see it. So, really, all in all, uh, for our first hike of the day in Rincon, fabulous. Yeah. And there was some nice views of the volcano. couple trails that you can do uh, lead you up to the volcanic crater. You can summit the volcano in previous years and hopefully again in a couple of years. Uh, our Airbnb host, uh, Jensi from Green Village, Tamarindo, said that she did it. Jill's shaking her head because it's, such our, it's her favorite Airbnb. Yeah, our secret spot. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If so many people listen to this podcast and start booking that yeah. Airbnb that yeah. we never get to come. We back. never get to come. We'll be able to get a really nice sponsor. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it's okay. I was okay. just being selfish yes. anyway. I was being selfish. It's amazing. Place. But I think Jensi told us that it was about an eight hour round trip to the summit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
maybe again you'll get to do that. But uh, ton, tons of diverse flora, fauna, trees, wildlife, and hiking terrain, I think, in this national park. And it's super easy to get to if you're staying on the Pacific coast of Costa Rica as from the beaches. I mean, it only took us probably an hour and a half to get there, I think. Yeah, not from, very long. Yeah. It's a, on Cebu Tours. It's one of their standard tours. And I mean, it's it shows you pretty specifically what it is. It was just like what was on there. It was yeah. great. And then after uh, we went on that hike, we went on a second shorter hike, probably about a mile round trip, to Las Cataratas Waterfall, where we got to get in and swim. And that was a treat. It was great. I don't even know if it was that far round trip. It seemed like a pretty short um, hike down. And then right before you get to the waterfall, there's a little suspension staircase. So you go down this suspension staircase, and then there's a platform that they've built right next to it, which is pretty small as well. And you have the option to walk down this kind of stairs slash ladder and get in the water. Probably 40 foot high waterfall, 50 foot. Oh man, I'm bad at that. I don't know. But it was, I mean, it wasn't small. It was big. Yeah. And water was rushing over. It was beautiful. Ripping. And the water when you got in was cold and... Kind of felt like Alpine Lake cold, kind of, you know, like if you're ever in those Alpine Lakes... They're just, it was kind of chills you to the bone, but once you're in there, you and, know, like. And, and since we've been, since we've been in Costa Rica all month on the, on the beach, it hasn't been below 85. So well, the Pacific the, Northwest chill felt the height really we, good. The height we had just done, we were very hot. Yes. So I mean, super hot. So it was, it, but you still felt cold when you got in, but it was nice. And you and when you got in too, I forgot about the lake feel because we've been in the ocean so much mm-hmm. with the salt water just opening your eyes underneath the water. You could just feel well, that I lake did, chill. I didn't do that. One of us opened, but eyes. it was very. Um, it was super clear, just clear. And Diego said it was actually much higher. That river, whatever it flows into, right there, was much higher than it typically was. So I mean, it was kind of like chest level. Yeah. When you got in, awesome. Great, great overall uh, hikes there. So there's a it's a it's a four mile loop. I think it is like the the quintessential waterfall. If you Google boiling mud uh, loop hike in Rincon, that's going to be the okay. the spot because it's where all this the volcanic activity is happening that you can actually go hike to and Las Cataratas waterfall. And then we went to a hacienda. And had some well, the, food. Yeah. It was great. Um, it was kind of buffet style. Yes. It was a, it was a hotel, right? Hacienda. Oh. That's... <laughs> but wasn't it? <laughs> okay. Jill's still learning her Spanish down here, friends. Um, We're going to re-record this. There's been a few things that I don't want to go out in there. Um <laughs> Anyway, it was so we don't have a sandwich to talk about today, even though we've had some honestly pretty incredible sandwiches down here. Um, just not coupled with the just hike. Just not coupled with the hike. So on this hike, we ate there, and it was um, gallo pinto salad, um, incredible meats, and you could have pasta. It was everything. And the, ga- the gallo pinto down here, this is uh, Costa Rican's traditional meal. For those of you who didn't listen to part one, 
we, we make it at our apartment a lot as well. Mm-hmm. With Lozano sauce, which if you've been down here, you know, or over here, I guess, you know exactly what Lozano sauce is, but it's kind of the condiment of choice in this area. Pretty good on everything. White rice, black beans, mm-hmm. Lozano sauce, saboyo, which is onion, chile, which is a pepper, a pepper, green or red pepper in the United States, and we cilantro. Put a, we put an egg on it a lot of times, like a fried egg. It's really good. I don't know. I would guess you can buy Lozano sauce online. I've never seen it in a grocery store in the States. I guess I, I don't know if I've looked for it, though, either. But um, I think it's pretty unique to down here. Absolutely. So that was a great meal to go with your hikes in Rincon. Yep. And hopefully... Uh, oh, and you had uh, pineapple upside down cake. That was very good. Oh, and, of course, fresh fruit. Yes. I don't know why you don't need to know everything we ate. Anyway, there was a lot of fresh fruit, which is was delicious. Great meal. Let's start this over. We do not edit all of our podcasts. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you can tell we don't. But, okay. And then and you have another one, right? I have another hike, and we're going to give Jill's top five favorite things to do in Tamarindo, Costa Rica, where we've lived a couple months this year. For uh, a hike in Tamarindo, we wanted to give a little shout out to that area. Is uh, from Playa Tamarindo, the beach. You can take I've I've gone there about a two mile bluff hike along the shoreline of the Pacific Ocean, across some volcanic rocks, through the beach, and you wind up going to another beach, Playa Langosta which empties into a freshwater estuary. This freshwater estuary, you can also take a boat ride, do some bird sighting, crocodiles, but you can sit in this cold water that's feeding from the Pacific Ocean. Massive waves, one of the hardest surf spots on this end of uh, the beachfronts running up and down the coast. Uh, I'm doing beginner bunny waves at Playa Tamarindo, but... uh, those more experienced surfers go down the line goes So I love watching them getting in the estuary near the estuary and then taking a hike back. So that's a nice hike that you can do without even leaving the beach area. So there's three switchbacks for you. One you could take on foot from where we're living and two that are just a short drive. Yeah, I was hardly listening. I was trying to think of my five favorite things because there's so many. So we are living in the town of Tamarindo, Costa Rica. Uh, most of the locals in this area, this is it, it's had a big boom since these waves were discovered 20 years ago. A lot of the roads are still not paved. Uh, locals live in Huacas and Villa Real, and there's a large expat population that live here. But only 2,000 people really live mm-hmm. in the place. But it has... Uh, has incredible restaurants. So we're going to give some food shout outs. There's so many good restaurants. One of my, one of my favorites is Cafe Tico. When we were here last time, I met the woman. I guess I assume she owns it. I don't know. I think, um, but she comes up with the recipes and she's part of it. Her name is Manet and um, it has just the most incredible food. Huevos and Purgatorio is my jam. It's yes. like eggs and like a tomato sauce. Comes, of course, with rice and beans on the side, and I eat it every time I go. 
and it is so good. And I go at least once a week, probably more. A switchback is not required. No. To eat huevos in purgatorio at Cafe No, it is so good. And they just have the most lovely staff. I don't know the other um, women's names, but they're just all so amazing and gracious and good food. So that's one of my faves. Another one of my faves is Kelly's Surf Shop. I took two surfing lessons uh, this week, and Mike has been taking a lot from them too. Sebastian and Jessalyn are the owners, and um, they have an amazing team. Mike has taken lessons from a couple of their um, team members, and just the nicest people and the best instruction. And he's saying these are introductory waves, like if you're trying to learn to surf. But I can surf now. Yeah. And I mean, I have without without I have the biggest surfboard you can ever imagine. But I get up on it. Yes, you do. And he knew that that's what I needed. So I mean, that's been. That's been incredible. So that's amazing. If you ever find your way down here, Kelly's Surf Shop is a great place. And your final three? Uh, I'll, I'll go a little quicker. I was going to say the Green Village here, so I was going to shout them out, even though it's my top secret spot. Um, but Jensi and Marco that own this place are wonderful. In fact, they um, ordered us all pizza the other night. and We got to meet other people that are staying. It's kind of, I think, six or eight apartments here. Um so we safely kind of got together outside and had a meal, which was incredible. The Tamarindo Night Market is so cool. It's just down the block, and it has food vendors and artisans and um, all sorts of live music. Some amazing sandwiches. Yes. It's every Thursday night, and it's the hot spot, uh, at least for us. I don't know. If, I don't know how many locals go, but it's it's incredible. I love all of the stuff there. I've gotten a bracelet there, eat great food, had good drinks, good music. They have a uh, lots of times they have a produce person, so you can get some produce or fresh pineapple. I'm trying to think. Uh, the Clean Wave. The Clean Wave. Oh my gosh, the Clean Wave. But also Cebu Tours. But we've given that enough shout outs. Um, the Clean Wave is an incredible group that does beach cleanups here, and we did one on Saturday. I'm sure Mike's going to probably write a whole blog about it. Uh, but it was really cool. I, I mean, unfortunately, there's tons of trash on the beach. I mean, I don't notice it because people like the Clean Wave do a phenomenal job of picking it up. I don't. I didn't so notice Rallo, it. So a local who picks up trash every single day. He's been yeah. doing it for 25 years here. And he's with the group too now, isn't yes. he? Yes. Um, a nonprofit that actually got him a salary. Yes. So, but when you go to look and pick it up, it's kind of everywhere. Lots of cigarette butts and beer cans and things. Honestly, microplastics. Microplastics. A lot of, um, you know, I think remnants of. Uh, partiers a little bit kind of down by the bars and restaurant areas of the beaches so just being conscious of that but the clean wave helps bring awareness to that and gets locals and non-locals to come and volunteer they have a lot of school groups that come out but um Mao was kind of our lead person this weekend and it was just the nicest and we met some other really cool people that live down here and were participating um in the cleanup as well so what do you call Tamarindo? What do I call it? Yeah. I call it the Sweetie Factory. Yep, the Sweetie Factory, because everyone, <laughs> everyone here... Everyone is so sweet that we meet. Like, everyone is just gracious and welcoming and generous, and I, it's a really, really incredible place. So to sum it up with the switchbacks and the sandwiches, if you do like hiking in Costa Rica, this is actually a really nice 
jump off point, you can easily access five or six different national parks from Tamarindo all within a couple hour drive for either long weekends or a couple of day trip. But if you make Tamarindo your base, if you're a surfer and or uh, someone who likes being by the beach, great, great uh, spot at the Sweetie Factory, and then you can go out hiking all you want in some of these gorgeous national parks in Costa Rica. And then hit up one of those crazy good restaurants. Absolutely. I think that's it from uh, Costa Rica. That's it. Thanks for listening. 20s friends, Pura Vida as well. Uh, Thanks for listening. We have one episode left in this season coming up very shortly. So thank you for all of you who have been listening. If you don't already, make sure you subscribe, and we're always grateful for your reviews. And if you want more outdoor adventure content and events and offerings from Hashtag 59, it's real easy. Go to hashtag 59.com. That's our website. And choose how you want to connect with us, however you want. We appreciate all of you. Thank you. Signing off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, friends.